Wall Street is both the symbolic and geographic center of American capitalism. Symbolically, Wall Street referred to all the banks, hedge funds, and security trader that drives the American financial system. Geographically, Wall Street is the center of Manhattan's financial district. It runs east-west for eight blocks from Broadway to South Street. The New York Stock Exchange is located on 11th Wall Street. Nearby, but still considered part of Wall Street, are six other businesses. The New York Federal Reserve Bank is at 33 Liberty Street. The NASDAQ, OMX, is on 1 Liberty Place. Goldman Sachs is at 200 West Street and JP Morgan Chase is at 200 Park Avenue. The New York Max is at 1 North End Avenue in the World Finance Financial Center. Even the Wall Street Journal is not on Wall Street itself. It is 112 11th Avenue of Americas. Wall Street is symbol for the US financial market, which include the stock market, the bond market, commodities market, future market, and the foreign exchange market. The original purpose of the securities market was to raise funds for companies to grow, be profitable, and create jobs. However, securities trading has become so profitable in and of itself that trades have been established for just about anything you can think of, and a lot of things you could never imagine. What changed to Wall Street, for one thing, the abolition of the Glass-Steagall Glass-Steagall Act in 1999. This allowed any bank to use depositors' saving to invest in complicated security called derivatives. They based their value on different types of loan, including credit card debt, corporate bond, and mortgage. And like stocks and bonds, these derivatives were unregulated. Historic crashes. Deregulation was one reason for the 2008 financial crisis. The derivatives based on mortgages were called mortgage-backed securities. They were guaranteed by another Wall Street innovation called the credit default swap. All of these were traded successfully on the secondary market until housing prices started to fall in 2006. The underlying mortgages started to default and no one knew how the price the mortgage-backed securities there were so many default that the companies like AIG, who guarantee the debt, ran out of cash. Wall Street panicked, global stock market dropped, and banks stopped lending to each other, creating the worst recession since the Great Depression of Four Main Street. The only thing that stopped the panic was the federal government bailing out Wall Street with the TARP program in 2008 and restoring confidence with the economic stimulus package in 2009. This was the first time Wall Street decimated Main Street. The stock market crash of 1929 kicked off the Great Depression. It started on October 24, 1929, a day known as Black Thursday. It worsened on Black Tuesday, when the Dow lost all the gains of the year in just a few hours. Wall Street bankers had failed in trying to stop plummeting stock price. 
Many individual investors had pulled their life saving into the stock market. When they got wiped out, they lost confidence in Wall Street and the American economy. This went to all their savings from the bank, when, which then collapsed. Many people felt that Wall Street was the economy. It was only massive government spending on the New Deal and the World War II that received economic growth in 2010. Congress passed, Congress passed the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act to prevent another financial crisis by giving the federal government more oversight of Wall Street. For example, non-bank financial firms like Hedge Fund were required to register with the Security and Exchange Commission and provide information about their trade and total holdings. If any financial firms got too big to fail, Dodd-Frank's Financial Oversight Committee would recommend they be regulated by the Federal Reserve. Dodd-Frank required that the riskiest derivative be regulated by the SEC or the Commodities Futures Trading Commissions. It asks the agencies to set up a derivative clearinghouse like the Stock Exchange to make this transaction more transparent. Wall Street ran along a physical wall built when New York was still a Dutch colony. Then Governor Peter Stuyvesant ordered a 10-foot wall, wall that protected the lower peninsula from the British and Native Americans. It later became a street bazaar where traders met and uh, a now famous buttonwood tree in 1792 these traders formalized the rules of the game and create the New York Stock Exchange. The Occupy Wall Street movement. Occupy Wall Street was another reaction to the financial crisis. Its leaderless resistance movement began on September 17, 2011 with a nonviolent occupation of Liberty Square in New York's financial district. It spread to over 1,500 cities around the world. Occupy Wall Street opposed income inequality in which 1% of the world's population owned 40% of its wealth. They blamed Wall Street for creating the financial crisis, recession, and resulting long-term unemployment. They worked to take back the democratic process. They claim it is controlled by the Wall Street money, connection, and power. Their principle of solidarity were a transparent, participatory democracy personal and collective responsibility, recognizing individual rights, collective resistance of oppressions, more value for labor, individual privacy, education as a human right, making technologies, knowledge, and culture open to all. Since then, the group has splintered into many factions. Its core tenet about income inequality, the 1%, and the influence of big money in politics have remained income inequality's core plank in Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. Its call for a higher national minimum wage was taken out by many cities, states, and corporations. The corporate occupy movement also influenced lawmakers to look at forgiveness of student debts.
The Wall Street bull is a statue that symbolizes Wall Street. A bull market is when stock prices rise and is considered more profitable than a bear market. Although savvy Wall Street trader can make money in any market, the Wall Street bull has been moved off of Wall Street to 26 Broadway. I'm always looking for ambitious ideas on ways we can generate huge amount of energy with mineral carbon emission. It is one of the defining technical challenges of our time. The urgency of the need means we have to try lots of different ideas and figure out quickly whether each idea will actually work. Part three of the Netflix series Inside Bill's Brain gives us cameo roles to a tool that I rely on to get those answers. Computer modeling. This tool is enormously powerful today in part because of what happened in computing during my first career. It is important enough that I think everyone should know about it. Many years ago, I used to visit a friend who had a house near Kitty Hawk, the birthplace of flight in North Carolina. As I walked the beach there, I would picture a scene from another era, two young bicycle mechanics running down the hill after the flying machine they had built chasing their dreams of an airplane that could carry people for miles without crashing. Earlier pioneers in aviation had taken bold leaps of faith with their inventions. A few had made their made that leap literally and plunged to their death. But the bike mechanics Orvel and Wilbur Wright did something smarter. They built a rudimentary wind t- tunnel the replica I saw at Kitty Hawk was just a coffin-sized box with a gas-powered fan at one end. The brother used their wind tunnels to experiment with model elevators, rudders, and propellers, and wings they cut from saw blade and spare part. They tried long, skinny wings and squarish, nearly flat ones, some that were curled and others that were thicker on the leading edge. None were bigger than your hand. Wilbur and Orval build their models to help answer a hard but crucial question. Will it fly? The result let them make a leap, not of faith, but of reason. The right flyers worked. As the wind tunnel experiment had predicted, a flying machine quickly put humanity on a new trajectory. A few years before visiting Kitty Hawk, I made my own leap, studying Microsoft on the belief that a technological revolution was about to make computing easier, cheaper, and more powerful. And this change was going to happen with astonishing speed that bet paid off in spades, including by helping scientists and engineers advance further and faster than ever before, using models built from software and supercomputers rather than steel and wood. They can now run thousands of elaborate virtual experiments in a day without fear of hurting anyone or going broke. That also makes computing modeling a perfect tool for much of what I do now as I search for innovation and ideas that can bend the path of history again in areas like drug discovery, the eradication of 
disease and breakthroughs in energy production bold ideas tend to come with long timeline huge cost and lots of uncertainty modeling help on all three fronts take energy of invested in company trying to tap heat from the earth build solar friendly electrical grids and birth the next generation nuclear reactors among many other ideas peek inside those labs and you'll find clever engineers harnessing the predictive power of computing modeling it's playing an especially important role in my work in nuclear energy that is depicted in the documentary back in 2005 Nathan Marhol with a former Microsoft colleague showed me a long scientific paper on an innovative nuclear reactor and introduced me to the lead author and innovative inventive physicist named Lowell Wood who would go on to beat Thomas Edison's record for the most US patent in history in history history Lowell claimed that this reactor would satisfy much of humanity's requirement for electricity in the 21st century I was skeptical but also intrigued on the one hand at growing up in the cold war and remember the an accident at three mile island and chernobyl's evidence of the dangers of nuclear power mishandled on the other hand i listened learned to listen to nathan's idea a physicist who did research with stephen hawken he was microsoft cto in the 1990s and created microsoft's r&d lab is a rare talent for identifying visionary technology and this paper described a reactor designed specifically to avoid the problem that nuclear reactor had exper- experienced in the past in 2006 i started drilling into the detail of the idea with nathan and lowell could the reactor really be made provably safe with the laws of physics not fallible human operators holding temperature and control even after an earthquake tsunami or plane crash could it truly reduce existing stockpile of hazardous waste by burning depleted uranium as fuel they claim this reactor could run for decades between refueling lowering electricity co- cost electricity cost they said that countries could run them without enriching uranium so the technology would not raise the risk of weapon proliferation that all sounded great but would it actually work i give nathan's lab seed money to recruit a team of nuclear engineers step 1 buy an 800 piece of nuclear modeling software from oak ridge national laboratory and optimize it until it it was literally a thousand times faster and million times more accurate next they assembled a supercomputer which they nicknamed after the physicist Enrico Fermi who built the first nuclear reactor within months Enrico was simulating millions of neutron bounding around the reactor core splitting atoms and transmitting the energy of nuclear fission it was our 21st century version of the Wright brothers wind tunnel the model proved uh, its worth right after that we had hoped that the reactor could run on thorium which produces less hazardous waste than uranium does in this kind of reactor to our disappointment modeling showed that thorium field fission would eventually fizzle out but the model also demonstrated that 
if we ran the reactor mainly on, on depleted uranium, a cheap and abundant alternative, it could hum along at higher power for decades on a single load of fuel. Over the next few years, engineers and physicists combined a bunch of different models on computers to create a digital prototype of a nuclear plant. The experiment with the thousands of different configurations of the plant continues making small tweaks from a diameter of a piece of fuel to how heat and coolant flow through the plant to see how those changes and all sort of worst case scenario like earthquakes and plane crashes could affect the plant over its life of 60 or more years. Step by step, the models helped optimize the design and gives us confidence that it could overcome real-world obstacles that had blocked nuclear energy for decades. Safer, cleaner, cheaper, proliferation-resistant, yes, on all count. We spun out the work into a venture called TerraPower. I put in more money and we started looking for partners to build a demonstration plan. Meanwhile, our foundation had started investing in ending polio and exploring whether the disease could be eradicated. I funded a small team at Nathan's lab to model how infectious disease like malaria, TB and HIV spread. That team grew into an institute in Seattle that has helped us more accurately target polio in places like Nigeria where we had struggled to stay ahead of the disease models are incredible useful incredibly useful tool but they're just tools they can't predict whether our reactor will get the financing it will need or as the documentary shows that a trade spat between the u.s and china would derail our initial plan to build one the real world is full of surprises it is fundamentally hard to model geopolitics macroeconomics or really anything that hinges on human decision decision rather than the laws of nature. The computational science does help us make leaps of reason that can bring us closer to a world of abundant, clean energy where poverty and preventable disease are things of the past. As the right brother showed, the right invention at the right time can change the world. When Tesla hits the S&P 500, it will spark the wildest passive trade ever by Sarah Ponzak. Beating the S&P 500 is notoriously difficult for fund managers, but simply replicating it as closely as possible isn't always a picnic. Either and Tesla Inc. has found a way to make it a little harder. The market value of the electric company currently stands at about $277 billion. That would make it one of the biggest company in the S&P 500. Except that it isn't a part of the index yet. The keepers of that list, S&P Dow Jones Indices, the rule that new companies must have been profitable in their most recent quarter and over the past year before being added. With its latest earning, Tesla just crossed that line. The possible addition of the carmaker is a big event for managers of index mutual funds and exchange traded funds. They're already hashing out strategies for one of the biggest potential trading challenges they've faced in years. Tesla would be the largest company in dollar term ever added to the index, which manages 
of 11 trillion of investment either track religiously or use as benchmark. The current price of Tesla and other stocks manager of passive funds will have to sell about 35 billions to 40 billions of share in the rest of the index's companies to make a whole big enough to fit purchases of Tesla shares. According to Gary O'Reilly, the principal and portfolio manager at index and giant Vanguard Group Inc. Assuming it is going to be added, it will be an all-hands-on-deck type of trading, he says. There's no template to follow for Vanguard's two dozen U.S. traders, plus a team of analysts who work on keeping transaction costs down when it comes to efficiently handling a stock as big and volatile as Tesla. Nor is it easy to predict the ripple effect in the overall market. The shift in the index composition could be announced any time. The addition theoretically could happen along with the departure of Ian E-Trade Financial Corp or Tiffany Corp, which are being acquired. As part of a routine quarterly rebalancing in September, index fund may get as few as a couple of days notice of the switch, so they need to decide if they should start buying before the addition. The day of the stock is to be added or afterward, picking which approach isn't as simple as it sounds. While Tesla's stock may be bit up by traders trying to take advantage of demand from indexers, other investors may treat it as what O'Reilly calls a super liquidity event. That is, long-time Tesla shareholders who are looking to trim position may try to get out when they know index funds have to buy. The two kinds of investors could cancel each other out. They're all sort of cross-currents. O'Reilly says he says he's confident Vanguard will be able to handle the switch without a major tracking error. That is a dislocation between the performance of index and the fund that follows it. Like many things about Tesla chief executive officer Elon Musk, his company's path in today's S&P 500 is unconventional, which explains how Tesla become the gorilla in the room for the index fund crowd. Investors simply believe in the Tesla story enough to bid the share price into the stratosphere despite a record dotted with uh, many quarterly losses and then profit. The S&P 500 is weighted by market capitalization with the most highly valued company taking up the largest share of the index. If that were the only standard, Tesla could have qualified a while ago threshold to be added to the market value of a little more than $8 billion. The committee that decide the membership of the S&P 500 is keeping mum about when or even if it plans to add Tesla. Companies who meet the eligibility requirement are not automatically added to the index, said S&P Dow Jones Indices spokesman in an email t- statement. You join a pool of other eligible candidates and are considered for inclusion when an opportunity presents itself at which point the index committee takes several factors into account, such as sector balance and size representation. When figuring out how to weigh company in the index, the S&P adjusts their value to reflect the number of shares available for trading. Using that standard, Tesla will likely be the 17th largest company in the S&P 500, 
if it were included now with an index weight of about 0.8% between PayPal Holdings and Pfizer Inc. One of the largest additions to the benchmark in recent history occurred a decade ago with Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, which at, time, at the time had an adjusted market value of $127 billion, far less than Tesla's today, but it represented a bigger weight in the index then. Well, indexer strategized about how to handle this shakeup to passive investment world. Traders with a more active approach will be trying to figure out how to profit from price swing created by the potential announcement. The trade would basically be buy Tesla, sell everything else. And you'd start to see that the market in the market, say Steve Sosnick, chief strategist, interactive broker, still it is possible that expectation is priced into Tesla share after gain of as much as 293% this year. A working paper posted by the National Bureau of Economic Research in July titled, Does Joining the S&P 500 Index Hurt Firms? Found that stock pop linked to the announcement of index inclusion going away, and the lasting effect on price in recent years has been downward. Since Tesla reported its earnings, its share have fallen 6.6%. Firms including the index perform extremely well in the years before they were included in the index, says Rain Stiles, professor at Ohio State University, and one of the paper's author. Our result would also imply that getting into the index would not lead to another boost in Tesla's stock price.